and welcome back to a very special edition of football heavy edition of Talking Preps at Star Tribune. I'm David Levake, joined for the first time this school year by the one, the only, Jim Paulson. Hello, sir. Yes, I am the only, thank God. I think people around me think the same thing. And you said a special edition uh, reminds me of the uh, the uh, special edition of uh, the, the the afternoon. What's that afternoon show on on the, on the TV stations? You know, a very special edition of the afternoon special on. on anyway, I don't, I don't know. Okay, well, I don't, I, just, I don't remember that one. You know, it, it, it usually had to do with with uh, you know, some real real earnest teenage issue. So. Anyway, yeah. it's nice to be well, back. Be, nice to be talking. Yeah, about there it. would be there would be special editions of different sitcoms. I remember, and you know, like, no. like Family Ties. There was one about uh, drug issues or, or an early death for one of uh, Alex's friends, and then there was uh, Say by the Bell. I think Jesse was overdosed on or, or took too many caffeine pills or something. So, this, <laughs> yeah, this, this, I remember this, that one. Yeah, this, however, is a chemical-free podcast, so we're we're you know, what makes it special is you're back. And we're talking football, and I'm, I'm, I uh, we kicked around some topics, and we'll just start off with five games in, um, well, five weeks in, but we've seen we've seen an, an additional game because you start off uh, the Labor Day weekend with games on Thursday and Friday, so five weeks, five games. Uh, what uh, what which ones are among the best ones that you've had the pleasure to cover? And if you're talking about the competitive nature of the game and the thrilling nature of the game. I thought, however last, you define it last, last uh, Friday, I saw uh, two undefeated class five, a teams, uh, Chan Hassan at Armstrong. And that was uh, one of those games that down to the wire, last possession is going to win the game, which makes the game so much fun to watch and hair pulling. If you're writing a deadline, because you don't know exactly which way it's going to go. But uh, at that one, uh, Armstrong jumped out to a 21 nothing lead in the first quarter on like five or six plays. It just happened so quickly. And they just could not keep the clock and to keep Chan Hassan off the field. Chan Hassan came back and tied it up 21-21 in the second half. Um, but the teams exchanged touchdowns, and Chan Hassan went up 29-28 near the end of the game. Um, and then Armstrong came down with a late drive in the last three minutes and 22 seconds left to a game-winning touchdown. So... That was probably the best game from a thrilling competitive standpoint I've seen this season. Well, that's interesting because that was your most recent game. I have a similar game that's top of my list, and it was the first game I saw this year. So it got the season off to a real bang, and that was Stillwater coming back to beat Centennial at Centennial, uh, made a a two-point conversion at the end to to get the winning margin. And uh, like you said, just a a real thrilling game you know, stylistically different. Uh, Centennial threw the ball pretty well that night. Stillwater's Max Schickenjanski lit it up four touchdowns. First of many times we've seen him throw four touchdowns this year uh, so far. So that was that was a great way to start the year. Definitely my my top game. And that's saying something because I saw, you know, one versus two, Lakeville South, Eden Prairie, but but Stillwater Centennial is the top of my list. You know, I, I, I that Stillwater uh, or that uh, Eden Prairie-Lakeville South game, stands out to me as, as a game when everybody had that one circled. I had originally, um, I think, been started to cover that game, but I came down with COVID at the time, so you kindly stepped in and filled in on that game. Um, what did you what did you see in that game? We, Lakeville South had not lost, what, 21 straight in a row, or 21 in a row at that point, before they got beat by Eden Prairie, and 
you go into Eden Prairie, a, a team um, with the reputation and that they have and well-earned. Um, did you see that loss coming? I, it seemed like that was the, if you're going to look at a game, the loss, the, the streak was going to end. I would have thought that would have been the game, and that's what turned out. Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. I, I thought Lakeville South would have handled them. I picked them in the paper, and I thought that they still had all the requisite components. But they got they got out physical. They uh, and and you know Ben Burke, the head coach for Lakeville South, was very candid. He said, "We I don't we just weren't ready for this moment." So it was one of those deals where Eden Prairie got on a roll early and stayed on it. They they deserved a win. You hear sometimes people say, "Well, that that lopsided score was a little bit." Um, not indicative of how the game went. This was a closer score that wasn't indicative of how the game went. Eden Prairie controlled it and absolutely deserved a win. But it almost it almost feels semi meaningless because now we've seen them get beat uh, by by uh, Rosemount and Rosemount took down Lakeville South. So that one versus two thing was a few weeks ago, but in mm-hmm. football terms, it seems like another lifetime ago. Do you think that 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 means uh, Rosemount? Should be the de facto number one. They beat Lakeville South. They beat Eden Prairie, two of the top teams. I think they're both at one point ranked number one or two in the Metro. Does that mean that they deserve to be the number one spot? Or uh, I've been doing the Metro rankings and putting Maple Grove up there because they haven't lost and they've still still been beating teams pretty handily. But what do you think? Do you think that uh, there's a strong case to be made for Rosemont at this point? Yeah, there is. I voted for Maple Grove in the in the Associated Press poll, but but you could. You wouldn't be uh, doing yourself any disservice by voting for Rosemont because they absolutely unquestioned have the strength of schedule argument in their favor. Um, so, you know, they, they could, yeah, you could put them up there for sure. When you talked about Lakeville South, Eden Prairie, would you put that down as a game you wish you could have covered? Or, or did you have another one that you saw that you're like, oh, dang, I wish I could have been there? That, that was no, that was a game I was kind of looking forward to because I, I knew that the, that game most football fans had circled when the season started. I mean, if you're going to look at uh, a game that you want to see when the season starts, that's the one because Lakeville South is the uh, um, defending champs. They haven't lost for a couple of years. And to go into the de facto big dogs stadium, against the program that is the uh, standard bearer for football excellence uh, that you had to watch that game because, and you knew that Eden Prairie was exceptional this year. So yeah, that was a game that I would have liked to cover, but you know what? There will be others. I would have liked to have seen Becker Hutchinson. I would have liked to see it just based on the, the quality of those two programs alone. But the fact that Becker sprung a little bit of an upset victory over Hutch, it would have made it extra special to cover that one. That would have been cool. I, I agree um, with you on that one, too, because that was a game that I think we, we all assume. I think Hutchinson is one of those teams that can overwhelm their opponents before they even step on the field with their reputation and how good they are. And they tend to just – I mean, Eden Prairie did the same thing. The teams, they were, just the reputation alone was worth 10 points. Uh, but Becker has never been a team that's shied away from Eden Prairie or from uh, Hutchinson. They've always been right there with Hutch. They don't get intimidated by him. They know how to handle the Hutchinson team. They went into Hutchinson on a big night. They renamed the stadium for the uh, um, Rossbergs. And, uh, and they kind of... You know, dampened it a little bit. And I thought that was pretty special for Becker. Who are some of your top players that you've seen? I mentioned Max Chickenjansky, the quarterback for Stillwater, and his receiving core. I've got a, a short list of guys that I've watched. How about you? What, who are some of those guys for you? 
Well, you know, you talk about Chicken Jansky, man. That guy's uh, a basketball player. Look at how good he is. I mean, he's he's been amazing this year. I think Jacob Kilzer at, at Maple Grove is came in as a quarterback with a reputation as a passer who can run. He's kind of flipped that. I know he had some shoulder issues. He's become a runner who can pass. Um, and he's putting up big numbers over 100 yards a game running the ball. And he's also a very accurate thrower. So the Maple Grove guy, Carson Hansen, had been at the running back at uh, Eccles South, sounds like he's been very, very good. And one player who's maybe a couple of years away, but is going to be a superstar if he keeps things up at this uh, the pace he's going, is Chan Hansen running back Maxwell Woods. The quickest running back I've seen in a number of years. The kid can accelerate. He can burst through the line of scrimmage. He can run around people, very fast people, as a matter of fact. And he takes contact and keeps on going. He doesn't go down the first time you grab him. He can step out of a step out of a tackle. He can bounce off of a, a tackle and, and turn it into a big game. Um, and he's only a sophomore. And from what I hear, he's got a big basketball future. But man, this kid has been fantastic. I'll, I'll throw a couple at you. With with all due respect to Carson Hansen, he's a hell of a talent. I've caught him on bad nights. <laughs> he had Rose <laughs> Mountain. He had Eden Prairie. And, and the fact that, that uh, those teams got victories against South probably had a lot to do with their ability to limit the amount of ways that Hanson could hurt them. So, yes, he's still very much a talent. Uh, but Simley's Gavin Nelson, running back, he's a, he's a, his future is in wrestling. But, man, is he a great smash-mouth runner. I, he caught my eye. Uh, they shut out uh, uh, St. Louis Park on the road, and, and Nelson was an absolute stud. He was fun to watch. As was uh, Joey Krause from Prior Lake. He made your All-Metro Dream Team receiver, defensive back. does a little bit of everything. and Just one of those guys, um, you look at him and you just just say, yeah, football player, because Mm -hmm. he just just knows how to get things done. You know, you talk about Gavin Nelson. Um, It seems like this is a big year for wrestlers who play football. I mean, you've got Nelson at Simley. Obviously, you've got Max McAnally at at Waconia, who's – been fantastic, a, a three-time state champion. You know, could be a, could have been a, a football recruit had he not committed to the U for um, wrestling. And then you got a kid out of Dassel Gokato named Tate Link. I think leads the state in touchdowns. He's got like 17 touchdowns. And he's a wrestler, a state championship wrestler, running back with more than 1,100 yards rushing, I believe it is, and he has 17 TDs. So, you know, this year is a year that you'll find some uh, – Good wrestlers playing football. Eli Paulson, the slot back at Anoka, is leading the Metro in uh, pass receptions with 60, is a top-notch wrestler as well. And his father was a great Brandon Paulson, the Olympic wrestler. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it's... it's He's a cousin it's, of yours, right? Yeah, you see, you, know, you see a lot of wrestler-football players combo having success this year. Well, you, you left off one guy who I got to put in for. I interviewed him after Eden Curry beat Lakeville South. Junior Will Sather. He is a tremendous, well, typically an offensive lineman. He ended up being a two-way lineman that night because they just needed some athleticism and some help on uh, stopping Lakeville South's power team. And, and Will is a big part of that. So he's, he's a stud. And, and of course, uh, defending uh, Class 3A uh, heavyweight champion as a sophomore. Yeah. So he's, he's a special mm-hmm. athlete. His teammate, Devin Jordan, is another great uh, player. He's defensive back for, for Eden Prairie. I got a little funny aside on Devin Jordan. His, you know who his dad was, right? Mm, if, I, if I think about it harder, we could probably guess, but no, let me know. Tell me. Crawford Jordan of the Gophers. Oh, really? No kidding. Yeah. You remember Crawford? No, oh, yeah. So, so in, uh, I had, 
Yeah, I did not. In the Jim Wacker days, I believe. Wasn't, yeah. Yes, I did. I did not cover uh, Crawford Jordan when he was with the Gophers, but he was playing with the St. Paul Pigs. It was a, <laughs> kind of a, a little semi-pro team, and and I was uh, covered him and a couple other guys that that had played for the Gophers, and so that was my uh, Crawford Jordan connection. Um, they won their championship, whatever nineteen ninety nine, I guess that was. Um, and the two more I'll put in for is, is Quentin Cobb Butler from Woodbury, great defensive back, kick returner. He took one of the house uh, against Burnsville when I saw them play. And Aiden Bills of Rosemount, big, strong stud of a defensive lineman. He was just a, a real force in that game to, to beat South. So just a lot of special players. Who's on your short list for our player of the year? I guess I guess I kind of mentioned him. I think Chilzer um, uh, and uh, uh, Chicken Jansky, I think, are kind of separated themselves. I think it's a two-horse race at this point. Chicken Jansky just keeps putting up such big numbers. And, you know, is, is Stillwater the team that they are now without him? Absolutely not. Is Maple Grove the team they are now without Kilzer? No, not quite as much. But Maple Grove, I think, um, might be much closer to being a top-notch team um, than uh, Stillwater if you took the quarterback off the roster. And that's kind of what I look at. So Chicken Jansky, I think, is my favorite candidate at this point of the season. What about you? I'd go with, uh, with Max as well. Um, solid kid, good handshake. That's, you know, no, no, uh, no, no uh, surprise. <laughs> good handshake. To, well, he does. He just, you got to give credit where it's due. It's no surprise. He was, if he decides to stay with his basketball commitment to the Citadel, you know why they wanted him because he's not just a great athlete. He's, he's got a strong character that really comes through in how he comports himself. So um, good things are ahead for him. Who are your uh, surprise teams? Because we've had more than a few this year. I've got a few, you know, that I've wanted to mention. How about you? Well, you know, the the ones that I'm I'm looking at, I got three or four. I'd say uh, Forest Lake, obviously, because they hadn't. They've got five wins this year, and they're undefeated. They hadn't had five wins in the season in uh, more than two decades, and uh, oh they're sitting up there at, at five and zero. Oh. Nobody saw that's coming, particularly this year with a brand new coach and. Uh, Brad Beeskow. So uh, I have to, and they've got a uh, celebrating an opening of a new stadium there too. It's been just a big year at Forest Lake. Um, other surprises, I think there's two in the smaller schools that I, uh, the lower classes that I really like. Minneapolis Henry is five and zero. Oh. Saint Paul Harding Humboldt is four and one. Uh, you know, these are both programs that I think Harding Humboldt's only been around for a couple of years. These are both programs nobody expected any kind of good things out of. Henry had been, you know scuffling along for a long time to see those two programs in areas that can use a little uplift, can use a little bit of a, a light shining on them and, and showing some of the good things that are going on at those schools, uh, I think is, is a, very timely to have the football team stand out because a good football team at any high school elevates uh, the whole student body. It makes people feel good about themselves. People want to go to the games. They're excited about the football team. They're excited about going to school. I really, I really am uh, kind of happy to see those two teams have success. Yeah, and you mentioned Harding Humboldt has one loss. Well, that was two Henry because they faced yeah. each other <laughs> last exactly. week. So now Forest Lake's got Stillwater at their place, and Forest Lake, uh, God bless them for all that they've done. It's great, and, and it's necessary and needed that they have this success. Uh, Stillwater's going to be a little different animal. There's a different. There's a there's going to be a quality of opponent that Forest Lake probably hasn't seen yet. So I'll be interested to see how they're able to handle that at home. And, and also it goes the other way. I'm, I'm curious to see how the Stillwater offense is going to handle a colder weather game because 
you know, that's they, they predicate themselves on throwing the ball and throwing it well. Um, but back to the game, the back to the surprise teams, I would put Armstrong in there because I just feel like that they've had some success, but then at the end of the year, they always somewhere around 500. This year feels different. You just saw them. And do you feel something mm-hmm. different about what you're seeing from them? Um, two things come to mind when I think of Armstrong. One, team speed. There's a lot of team speed on that team. They've got guys, they've got a wide receiver named Marquand Tucker, who uh, is a touchdown machine. He took the opening kickoff back 95 yards to the touchdown against Chen Hassan. And that was one of those run away, run around the uh, defense, run away from everybody kind of returns. He didn't run through them. He went right, reversed his field, and just ran around the entire Chen Hassan kickoff coverage team. So um, they've got a lot of speed on that uh, Armstrong team. But it just seems like they've got some seniors on this uh, this roster, and they've got a team that's gaining um, confidence as they go. And that means so much for a team when they're not sure what they are. And you come out and you win some tight games, you start having some success. Suddenly they're 5-0. and uh, I, I think and they won a big game last week against an, a tough end of, uh, other undefeated team in Chanhassen. I think that you're right about Armstrong. I think it's a team that's just you know, gaining confidence and getting better as they're going along. Yeah, I saw them lose last year at home to to Chaska. Different teams, different scenarios, but I would have I, I thought that, that that they were just going to follow the same pattern, and Chan Hassan would get them just because, and that didn't happen. So I I I, I look at Armstrong now and say, okay, all right, let's let's, uh, let's keep an eye on these guys. It could be a factor. So it's it's good to see. Um, off here, you mentioned Egan. They're two and three right now, which isn't anything to really jump up and cheer about, but it is a couple of wins for a program that hasn't had a lot of wins the last several years. So that's someone you're expecting a little bit more from going forward. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a program that's been trying to turn the corner for a while there now. And, uh, and you know, it's just, they just haven't had any kind of success. Um, they're two and three and they've got Hopkins coming up this week and, you know, and, and not trying to be demeaning to Hopkins in any way, but I can't see them losing that game. Hopkins got beat, uh, at 72 to 7 by Forest Lake last week. So Hopkins has not had a whole lot of success this year. I, I see uh, Egan winning that game and going to 500 this late in the season at 3 and 3. That's definitely a positive for that program. Just ask uh, Mike Cook, who broadcasts, uh, he writes for the AP, occasionally fills in as a, as a stringer for a, a rival paper and uh, is uh, the voice uh, announcer for Egan football. He's seen a lot of bad football there. He's got to be feeling pretty proud of that team right now. The rival newspaper, which we didn't even mention. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you uh, you talk about looking forward to things? Well, any games that uh, whether this week or, or down the road that you're you're really excited about or interested in in seeing what how it shakes out? Well, you know, I'm I this this week coming up um, this Friday. I think we've got a game that. I think it's the game of the year in Class 5A. Oh, we may have and lost Jim. I don't know. St. Thomas but, uh, Academy of Matamidi. Um, anyway. okay. okay, Jim is back. Um, you, you were saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jim is back. I was talking about Corey Bowman, the uh, running back at uh, Matamidi, who is another player who probably hasn't quite got the publicity he deserves, but he's averaging three touchdowns a game and more than 220 yards a game. And, uh, you know, this will be a game – Matamidi, St. Thomas, a lot of running the football. It's going to go quickly. Teams aren't going to throw very much because um, St. Thomas runs the ball too. They've got two great running backs in Love Adebayo and Savion Hart. So that should be a fun game. And uh, uh, the winner, it's uh, going to really set them up well when they get into the playoffs. 
Well, and that's this weekend, and, and I, my game that I'm looking forward to is also this weekend, and I'm jealous that it's just out of something we would be able to cover, and that is number three in Class 2A Caledonia against number one Chatfield. That should be a brawl. Uh, those two teams are pretty solid. This will be decide who gets all the uh, number one votes in the AP poll because right now Chatfield has eight of them and Caledonia has two. So someone's going to some of Minneapolis North. Minneapolis North, as I've been doing the polls for AP this year, and Minneapolis North has found a way to wedge itself in at number two. I think there's some people that still aren't quite sure about where if this is the same quality of a Caledonia team that they've had in the past. I never want to um, underestimate a team from Caledonia. I think Caledonia-Chatfield, that is, uh, you're absolutely right, a game of the week type of game. It, that that deserves um, all the publicity you can get, and you know, there's no question. Even if it's small schools in the southern part of the state, it's a terrific game. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a great one. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I think this is a terrific podcast. I'm glad you were part of it, and and, well, it's terrific because you were a part of it. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can just Venmo me after that. That's great. So, <laughs> Very good. Jim Paulson, <laughs> I'm David LeBake. We've got football. Uh, thanks for watching, listening, rather, and, and keep uh, looking for our stuff on startribune.com and mnfootballhub.com.